Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. Hope you had an amazing New Year's Eve and wishing you a happy and healthy 2020. And as always, thank you so much for everything you've done for the show in 2019. Those of you who send me emails and DMs and Instagram messages and FedExes and packages and all your support. It's incredible. You know who you are. And those who didn't send anything, don't worry about it. I know you're there. And I'm very grateful to you as well. Thank you so much and hope you keep listening in 2020. If you need to reach me, you can do so at Barry Katz on Instagram or Twitter or on my website at barrycats.com. As always, I have a very special couple of episodes at the end of the year the best of 2019 and you're really going to get a lot out of these these are the words of wisdom from 40 of the most special people that i had a chance to interview this year i know you're going to enjoy it a lot it's highly entertaining and incredibly powerful and it's invaluable and i know you're going to love it a lot so Sit back, relax, turn off the Netflix, and let's start off with our first person. And I can't think of a better way to start things off than with a very talented comedian, actor, and overall motivational guy in the comedy world, Josh Wolf. Do five things a day for your career. Whatever those five, whether it's a phone call... Uh, whether whether you're a part of your job is you need to look good so you go to the gym, you need to do f- five things at least a day for your career. That's twenty five things a week. Maybe if it's five phone calls, some because and, I, and when I was single raising the three kids in the in, in the apartment and I couldn't get out of the house and I couldn't do the normal hobnobbing that everybody else had to do, I had to figure out. So I did in the apartment. I did three things a day. I didn't have a lot of time. Now I do, I still do five things a day 
at least for my career. And because it just goes back to really the whole motto that I started in 1999 with that very first one man show. I would wake up every morning with those three kids and I was just like, you got to keep your legs moving because if you keep your legs moving, look at the world and this business is going to push you. If you're standing still, it's going to push you backwards. If your legs are constantly moving, you may not move forward some days, but nobody's going to push you backwards. And so those five things a day kept my legs moving. And that's what I would say. You can't stand still. You got to keep your legs moving. Don't, there, people are going to push back. Don't let them push you backwards. You may stay still for a year, but at least you're not backwards. So keep your legs moving. Greg Garcia. I mean, it's a tough business. You know, you have to know that going in, you know, and, and, and there's a million different roads to get to where you want to be. Um, and so I think you need to, and now, especially these days, you have YouTube, you can go shoot your own stuff, you can have so many ways to showcase your stuff. But I think my biggest pieces of advice is you need to be where and around the people who you want to be. And that's why I became a writer's uh, PA is because I wanted to be around the writers because so much, and you talk about this so much, it's connections. It's so much about connections. And you got to make your own connections. I didn't know anybody in Hollywood. I packed up my car and came out here. You got to make your own connections. And so that's the number one thing I would say. You know, and if you want to be a writer, write. Keep writing. Write what you love. Write what you know. Um, pick a sitcom and, that you love and sit down and write it and force yourself to write it. I've told people I thought were funny on the East Coast. I said, write a sitcom. And then a lot of them just go to try to write it, and they can't. And they go, okay, well, at least I know. I can't do this. You know, other people write it, and they've come out here, and they've, they've, they've uh, made, it, made uh, a name for themselves. So that would be the number one thing is get around the people you want to be and take any job you can to get in there and do that job like it's the most important job on the show with a smile on your face, wash the dishes, deliver the scripts, do whatever you can with the with the most cheery at, you know, attitude that you can because, and this transitions into the next thing I'll say, because then when you get a chance to hopefully write on a show, you want to be the positive force in the room. There are people that get jobs on writing staffs that do not contribute as much as other people because you want them in the room. You are going to war with a blank page every week, and you need positivity. You need the guy at 2 in the morning who's going to uh, pour water all over his body like he's doing a flash dance routine just to get the room to wake up, you know. Um, you want that. And so I would say positivity is a huge, huge asset if you can have it. And then also when you do get to the point where you're developing your own shows – Every experience with the network and studio, to me, is an audition for your next opportunity with them. Because this is a business where everything is almost impossible to get something on the air. Lightning has to strike. you got to be so lucky. You need to write the right show, get the right cast for the right network. they got to put it in the right time slot at the right time of year. You know, everything has to align for it to happen. So mostly, you fail. And so if you treat every opportunity as an audition for the next job, they're going to want to work with you again. They're going to want to give you 
more chances. I've talked to people that say, well, I'm arguing, I'm, I'm fighting with them about this, but I don't even like this show anyway. I wanted to do this other show. And I say, well, you're not going to get a chance to do the other show if after this one they don't, they don't let you in the door. You know. So again, it goes back to positivity and treating people the way you would want to be treated. There's plenty of dicks in this town, and you can be one of them if you want, but that's, I'd never want to take that risk. I don't think I'm good enough to be a complete asshole. You know, I rather bank on the fact that, okay, yeah, that guy's actually fun to work with, so we're going to give him more chances. And when he fails, he'll fail, as I have done many times. And when he succeeds, we'll be happy because we're, you know, we're succeeding together. There's two types of performers that do comedy. There's the comedian, and then there is a comedian that wants to get a TV show and move on. There's two different, it's a difference. Um, if you want to work here, you've got to be a comedian. Uh, if you have a TV show, it's fantastic. It gives the, the customer downstairs a big thrill to see a star. But the bottom line is, is to be a comedian. And if you're young, write, write, write. Work on your performance. Work on your charisma. Work on your energy. I mean, we can count low energy comics that are very successful on one hand. Stephen Wright, you know. You, so all of those things, this would be my advice. Now, if you want a TV show, that's a different story. But that's not a comedian make. Keenan Thompson. It's all about doing your research. Like, I wish, you know, more people would know the fact that SNL picks a lot from the Groundlings or they pick a lot from Second City and things like that. I didn't know about any of that if you don't grow up in a town that has one of those places, you know what I mean? Atlanta doesn't have a, you know, an improv house like that. So I didn't really know what that was. LA does, Chicago does. So a lot of those people that are growing up with a funny bone are more prone to learn about that stuff and figure out a way, especially if you make it into those schools, they'll tell you exactly how to get to SNL. You know what I mean? It will just be, do you get picked or not? For me, I just auditioned and happened to be in a place where I was able to get two auditions, like Atlanta. was just good for me like that to wind up in whatever I did. And then whenever I got a job, I made sure I killed it. And that's all you can do. Nikki Hilton Rothschild. Start from the bottom up. Everybody starts somewhere. You know, find that passion and that interest and try uh, interns I always say that intern 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 um, you know what's great is a lot of these internships are paid today but really getting in there learning the ropes of that business and preparing yourself to enter it in a professional field Ellen Davis I have always had a little bit more wanderlust than others I, I mean my piece of advice would be imagine I think imagination as a kid is so powerful and needs to be fostered and surround yourself with people that help you think you can be whatever you wanted. I remember when I was in 
junior high and high school, I wanted to be somebody different every single day. One day I wanted to own a daycare. One day I wanted to be a cosmetologist. One day I wanted to be a real estate agent. My, my parents were always like, you would be so terrific at that, right? I mean, they, they weren't like, well, you know, I mean, it's pragmatically, that's really not. So um, I was lucky in that regard where my parents never made me feel like there was not anything I couldn't be if I didn't want to. And that gave me a ton of confidence that, you know, when I wanted to take some risks and put myself out there professionally, personally, that I'd have a pretty good chance of success. And quite frankly, that's worked out fairly well. But I think a lot of it was because of the encouragement that they gave me when I was a kid. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my Blueprint for Success, a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one -on -one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. Rebecca Minkoff. I just want to say I moved here with nothing. I was essentially homeless. Um, you know, my mom bought the cheapest ticket, which flies you into Islip Airport, which I just want to say is about two hours outside of New York City. Moved here without a dollar, but definitely moved here with a dream. Lived with my cousin in her playroom in exchange for babysitting her daughter two nights a week. So I definitely know what it's like to not eat, um, to not know how I'm going to pay my rent, to have con ed teamsters wait outside your door to pay your electrical bill and they don't leave just to let you know if you don't pay your bill or they just shut you off so I guess that was their nice nice approach to wait outside so I think that um, you have to be tenacious you have to realize the power of your network and if you don't have a network find one person who's going to help you with that and it is a series of six degrees of separation and like I would write down my goals and I wouldn't cross that off until I did it and I would break it down into tiny steps um, also the beauty of technology is you don't have to move to New York City to be a designer today. You know, with technology, you can put up a website and start an Instagram and, you know, get everything made and go to sleep at night and have it almost everything be automated. So I think that, you know, be creative and don't necessarily think that you have to follow the rules that I followed, um, to have a great career. I mean, you look at Jenna Kutcher, she's not a designer, but she lives in Duluth, Minnesota. You know, and she's got a million-dollar business, and it's incredible to see people just doing that, using, relying on technology to help them. And young people today, I think, are used to Uber, Amazon, but success is not clickable. This is the one part of your life probably you can't click. You have to work your ass off, and you have to work for years or tens of years to get to where you want to go and look at it as an investment and not just like, in six months, I'm going to be Instagram famous. Laura Cleary. It's just being aware of the time we're living in. And I think, you know, when I was stuck in my old ways and still wanting to book this show, I was, wasn't paying attention to social media and I wasn't paying attention to the fact that we have global distribution at our fingertips. We 
it is the best time in the world to be a creator, to be um, of any sort, really, and to grow your business in any in any field, really, um, as an artist especially. Oh my God, it's like we, it's so powerful. You can have an idea, put it online, and if you are consistent and your idea is good enough, um, then then you will be successful. There's just there's no gatekeepers anymore. Isn't that amazing? When I started, there were gatekeepers. You had to you had to get through, you know, to like get, you had to get in the room. It was really hard to get in the room to get in front of the people you wanted to be in front of to book the roles or the projects or to get someone to read your script or, you know, whatever it was. Now, fuck that. You can just write a script now and you can shoot it. Like, I can make a movie tomorrow. It's not going to look great, but I can fucking make it and put it online. And if it's good enough, people will see it. People will see it. So it is just the best time in the world to be a creative, to be an artist. And I would say um, walk through fear as fast as you can. You know, it's it can rob you of, you know, so many potentially productive years of your life. And I, I'm just so lucky I got um, sober when I did know that if you have, if you have any sort of addiction problem, like there is a solution, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to suffer. You really don't. That's why I'm so open about it because people, they need to know that you can have fun sober too. Yeah. But um, I would say just walk through your fear, find what you love and find a way to do it every day. Secunder Singh Cassidy. For an entrepreneur specifically, learn how to sell. People, it's so, uh, learn how to sell your vision. People think if you're an entrepreneur and you're like a tech nerd or you're a product person that you don't know how to sell, I'm like, uh, you are selling every single day. Um, like, so I just hired this awesome CEO for the board list, right? She started the day I started and she's eight months in, Shannon Gordon. I love Shannon. And Shannon was like, I realized that like this job's all about selling. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Like, yeah, you got to sell people you want to hire. You got to sell people on money. Uh, you even have to sell engineers on why the product feature you want to build is the one they should want to build. I mean, you are selling a vision all the time. And as Rhea Hoffman says, you can sell a small vision or a big vision. It takes the same amount of energy. So why don't you sell big? Steve Sweeney. You got to put the work in. It's not like some inspiring thing. You got to put the work in. But Barry, you know this more than anybody. The only reason I'm here on this show, and Barry told me this back in a business meeting when we were doing a, a project, the only reason he has me on this show is because I was nice to him. He said he treated me well when there was no reason to treat me well or whatever. It was something like that. I can't remember the exact words. So here's what I say. Um, Build relationships. If you want work, build relationships. Be nice to everybody. Uh, but also, don't watch other comedians. I never watch other comedians. You've got you to gotta go inside and say, what is my experience? What do I have to say? And focus on yourself. Also, another thing is, don't make this your life. This is what you do, but... You know, I mean, there are people, or they used to be people, I don't know, that used to just hang around comedy clubs. That's what they did, you know? Do this thing and then leave. I mean, I've always done that. 
Um, you need emotional support, but don't make it your life. It's not who you are. You know, you're okay whether you're good or not. You know what I mean? But but do put the work in, build relationships because there's a lot of comedians. One of the things I learned, which is it's not translatable, but you said you know I had these crowds. I learned really early. I said a lot of funny guys. It's not about being funny. It's about being popular. Like I said to my mother, and that's what kept me going because it's a win-win for a club owner. Like I said to my mother, who's come up a lot in this, isn't that funny? I said, Bob Hope, he's still doing it. It's amazing. She said, yeah, he's still not funny to me. I don't know what it is. But he was popular. So you'll find your own formula. But you've got to love it because the trade-offs as you get older are going to be unbelievable. Bill Hillary. I think my advice is believe in your ideas and your creativity as much as yourself. Don't just believe in the politics, but actually what you want to do. Be clear about what you want to do. Be clear about how you can achieve that and stick to that. Don't change it depending on who you talk to. Like know where you're going. Be very focused on where you're going. And don't think about the politics as much as thinking about what is my goal and what is unique about me to get me there. And to young comic talent, wow, that's so hard. Believe in your voice. Don't give up. I mean, honestly, that's what it's about because it's so subjective anyway, comedy, that there are people out there who will want your voice. And it's hard when you start, but do as much stand-up as you can. Get to be known on the circuit, but have a unique voice. A unique voice is more important than anything else when it comes to comedy. Don't copy anyone else. Just be unique. Owen Smith. Trust your instincts. You don't... Today, you don't need to be in Hollywood. I don't... Well, I would say, first of all, just define what making it is for you. That's very important. Because when you... If you don't know what that is, then you'll never be satisfied. And you could end up like having like self-destructive behavior and all that stuff. So define what making it is for you before you start this journey. Also, it helps if you know who your friends are before you start. <laughs> because Hollywood is tough to make uh, new friends. You, you will make some great ones along the way. And then I would say trust your instinct and keep creating. And like the environment now with all these platforms, you know, you can get your voice out there and get it heard and get it seen from wherever you live. You don't necessarily need to come out here and you could probably do it a lot cheaper <laughs> wherever you live. So content, man, put it out, have humility, watch it back learn from where where is what's good and what's not good challenge yourself you'll see you may have some habits or some tricks or some things that you fall back on try to try to get rid of those if you're doing stand-up record every set listen to it back you know try to you know go for brevity try to rewrite each joke make them tighter look at watch your performance don't fall into bad habits. But yeah, record everything. Study who came before you. If you want to do stand-up, you know, get a Bill Hicks album. Get 
Shoot, man. <clears throat> listen to Lenny Bruce. Listen to listen to the people you like and then listen to the people they say they like. You know, don't just start. Don't just start with Louis C.K. or Chappelle. Go before that. Franklin Ajay, Red Fox, Moms Mabley, Bob Newhart. You can learn stuff from from everybody. Um, study, study how people are marketing themselves too. like. I love looking at unheard, you know, up and coming musicians. <laughs> they always have the most creative marketing ways I find. But yeah, study, man, study, read, get some books on comedy. There's nothing wrong about reading. Gene Perret's written some amazing, amazing books on comedy. If you want to executive produce, producing is basically problem solving. So <laughs> Um, and, um, but if you want to direct, direct something, just direct, just shoot it, man. Just shoot it. You got the phones now, camcorders. I bought a camcorder for 160 bucks, Barry, because phones have taken over the market. So you can get a, get a camcorder. You can do whatever. Um, but stay active, stay off Instagram because <laughs> it'll make you jealous and inactive. Just keep creating, put your stuff out. And uh, and this is like the time to do this. And like the Internet will tell you if something's good and if it's not good. And it's basically like a studio. You get your notes right there in the comments and you can choose to listen to them or not choose to listen to them. But uh, and if you want to act, get in a class, if you want to write, take an improv class, <laughs> I'm telling you to help you. And um yeah, don't be afraid of classes. Don't be afraid of learning if you want to. And also, if, if you want to do films, you got to study films. I know I remember Neil Brennan said he watched every Academy Award winning film since the Academy started. He, he watched only the winners. Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to BarryCats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Jimmy and John DeResta. If it's the entertainment business, I think you have to create your own content. Even if you're an actor and you want to be an actor, you have to create your own content. That'll help you understand what people are looking for to help you understand the process 
you have to create your own content. You can't just sit around waiting for a script to come along and you act in it. You got to write the script. You got to make the scenario. You got to learn how to use a camera. I don't think it's that way anymore where you just get chosen. It does happen, of course, but you really have to create your opportunities with a camera, with YouTube, with writing, with friends. You got to make got to make content. John, uh, my advice is that it can happen. It's happened to me and it's and I've gotten very, very, very lucky. And it happened to me really quick from the day I said I wanted to be a comedian five years and nine months. I had a sitcom deal worth a lot of money, so it can happen. But here's the number one piece of advice. This is for people that are already up and doing it. You have to keep the hustle on. You cannot take your I took my foot off the gas a few times. And it's funny. I would think that I would learn my lesson. You have to hustle and you have to keep hustling and even you know champions hustle even harder to be like ufc fighters hustle even harder once they're a champion it doesn't get easy it doesn't get easy um or but you have to hustle and i had one example oh this is the stupidest little thing john travolta already already had a bit of a movie star career and only got on to welcome back cotter took the role as barbarino to pay for his pr person for the movies I never thought like that. You know what I mean? I thought if you showed up on time and you were a good guy, that you would progress in Hollywood. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. In other words, he took a TV role just to pay for a PR to get more famous. Right. Like I never thought that way. I just thought if you showed up on, you know, you, Barry Katz told me uh, years ago, I, I said, you know what? I show up on time, I'm funny. And you know, you gotta put asses in the seats. You know what I mean? You gotta put asses in the seats. And how do you do that? You just gotta keep hustling. The hustle, and to quote Tony Soprano, the hustle never ends. Jerry Greenberg. Patience. Patience, patience, patience. You will make it if you really got it. Trust me. I mean, this uh, girl called her, H-E-R, black girl who's like, I just saw her for the first time at Clive's party. I, I almost fell off my chair. I couldn't believe it. But I heard, she started when she was 14. Okay, patience and keep doing what you're doing and love music. It's the international language. It's happening bigger than ever. K-pop is exploding. It took years for everybody to wake up and say, oh, my God, this is really good. It's exploding today. Patience and keep going in that bedroom and listen to everything. Listen to older music. Listen to the uh, music that your parents grew up to. Steal those ideas. And uh, God willing, you will become the next great big artist. Tracy McDonald. If it's a new comedian, I would definitely say to them, I say this to all new comedians, but I just say, please don't drink at the club. Like, just don't drink at the club. Don't don't let them see you like drunk. Um, this is going to make me sound old fashioned, but I like when comics dress up. I'd love to dress. I even didn't do comedy for a while because I wasn't feeling well, but also because I didn't have hair. Like I like to have my hair done, like even with with the wigs. Like I, I like to look a certain way where I'm dressed up on stage with my makeup and all that. So I like when. Like Ryan Stout wears a suit. I don't know. I like when comedians dress up. I would say don't I would say don't care so much what the comedians think of you. Because I always cared so much what the comedians thought of me that it made it harder. And uh and unless it's somebody you look up to, and I'd say, yeah, not that they're necessarily gonna, you know, have a drinking problem or anything, but just if you're 
you know, working the clubs and you want to get better and you want to get noticed, don't, you know, just drink somewhere else, but don't drink when you're there. Don't drink before. I, I don't even think drink after. Uh, not that they would necessarily listen to me. Um, and what else would I tell them? Yeah, don't don't let anybody, you know, if, if people are bullying you, just um, let that piss you off and make you... <laughs> want to get better michael pressman nothing is impossible nothing is impossible um pursue a dream get practical you have no idea what one thing will lead to another be flexible adjust and if you can go through life pursuing the things you love, um, it will come back in spades. It may not be the dream, but it will be a reality that is fulfilling. The odds are against you, so here's the only thing I say. Make a very bold, creative choice. When you come in the room, Grab that role as if it's yours. It's yours. The best acting audition story I ever heard was Danny DeVito getting the role in the TV series of Taxi as Louis De Palma. There were 15 people in the room and they had no idea who Louis was. And Danny DeVito walked in with the script in his hand and he threw it all of them and said, who the hell wrote this shit? And they broke up in hysterical laughter and said, that's Louie. Murray Langston, a.k.a. the unknown comic. I always say never criticize anyone until you walk a mile in their shoes, because that way after you've criticized them, you're a mile away and you got their shoes. <laughs> you know, I have comics ask, I've had comics over the years ask me advice, and I always say the same thing. If you have to ask advice... You're not on the right road. You know, you just go for it. You don't ask anybody. You just got to go for it if you want it. You know, it's like my daughter with the music business. She just, that's all she thought of, thought, you know. And if you don't, because like, I know a lot of comics in the old days, they had what they call laugh ears. You know, they get out there and I was always petrified when I performed. And to this day, and most of the comics I know who are worth their salt, they're, they're always uptight before going on, especially a new venue. But but all the comics that used to think they killed, they were, they used to just, they had what we call laugh years, where they thought they, wow, I killed them, and you know, they died. Those guys, they all, all, all faded away. I think if you got, if you got what it takes, you're just, it's just gonna be there, and you just, you're gonna go for it, and you're gonna, you're not gonna ask anybody. I never asked anybody. I just did it, and did it the best I could, and I did all the shit jobs while I was trying to do it. And I always do, because people ask me about the unknown comic, you know, will you create that? And I always said to myself, if I didn't create that, I would have done something else. I might have been bigger, uh, you know, uh, gotten another series. Uh, but again, my life has just been fun. I never worried about money, the money end of it. Uh, it's never a big thing to me. To this day, I'm living in a mobile here, you know. But I do have a beautiful home up in the hills, and I have a, a nice boat at, uh, at Channel Highlands, which I love. So I got mountain, city, and, and ocean. It's really good, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, no complaints. And, and like I said, uh, if you're going to go for it, you're going to do it without having to ask anybody. And don't just go for it if you want to do it, you know. Michael Levine. First, without hesitation, the advice is do anything, and I mean anything. Pay any price, bear any burden to somehow not think of yourself as a victim. If you want to be broke and exhausted, the number one way I can get you to be broke and exhausted is have you think like a victim. Don't do it, friends. It's a bad deal. The story doesn't end well. Whether you are or aren't a victim, thinking like a victim is a bad play. Terrible play. It's a poison, and think of the container it's in. You must believe that though you were given, maybe you were dealt, you know, we're all dealt cards, right? Some of us were dealt good cards and we play them bad. Some of us were dealt bad cards and we play them well. And some of us were dealt medium cards and we play them medium. But how your life turns out in the end will largely be determined by your ability or inability to play your cards. Not complain about your cards, play them. Right? If you get bad cards, now in my case, I got bad cards, didn't I? Right? Who listening to this would wish that their child someday had dyslexia? Probably no one, right? Unless you're a sadist. So, how you got to learn how to play your cards. Now, it doesn't hurt if you want to learn how to play your cards, it doesn't hurt to find a good card player to watch to study right i'm interested all the time in the in the poor narrow education of and historical education of young people so i'll meet a nice man or woman in the tech world i'll say what are you doing uh son what are you doing young lady what Oh, I'm in the tech world. Oh, great. Good for you. Yeah, I have an idea. I'm going to work on the, I'm going to really, I want to, I want to do something fascinating in tech. I'll say, oh, that's great. Good for you. Did you read Steve Jobs' autobiography? Uh, no, I, 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 I didn't. I, I heard about it. I didn't read it. Now, what the fuck are you doing that's more important than reading that? And by the way, I can find out what you think is more important very easily. All I have to know is your name and I'll go on your goddamn Facebook page or your Instagram and I'll tell you what you think is more important. Now, there we are. I have job interviews. Once a month we have an open house. Occasionally a young person will come into the interview without a pad or pen. I'll say, hello, did you bring a pad or pen? Oh, I forgot it. I said, did you forget your phone? 
Okay, four stages. This is one that's worked out well for me. Now, I want you to think about yourself and your friend, yourself and your friend. So you want to do something interesting and exciting, and you don't know how to get in the door. You want to do something interesting and exciting, and you don't know how to get in the door. So I say, well, I got a plan for you. Let's see if you like it. I doubt you will, but let's see if you like it. So first, I want you to get a, it's a four-step plan. Ready? First, step one, work for free. Very few people will turn you down if you're willing to work for free. Isn't that interesting? Now, at the first step, when you're working for free and your friends are working over at the Verizon store for minimum wage, who's winning the game? You or them? Well, they're winning. They get 12 an hour, you get zero an hour. So at that point in the story, who's winning? You or them? Well, they are. But you don't have to stay at step one very long. Because if you work hard, you show up early, come late, be grateful. See, I'll give you a, a way to be successful. If you, if you go to your first job on day one and you say, what are my hours? And they say nine to five. You come in at eight and leave at six. See? You're not going to be in that job long. You'll, you'll be promoted pretty quick. Because most people out the door at one minute after five. See? So stage one is you work for free. Stage two is you work below market. Below market means if they're working for 12 an hour, you work for six. See? Now at that stage, stage two, they're still winning. You're still losing. Hmm? But don't worry. It won't take long. It won't take long. Then you go to stage three. They work for market, you work for market. That's called a tie. They're making 12, you're making 12. But not to worry. It won't take long. It won't take long. And then we go to stage four. They're making 12 an hour and you're making a fortune. See, it's a simple process, though not easy. And you got to give a lot of effort particularly in the beginning. You think about a rocket launch to the moon, right? Go back and look at on YouTube when we launched that rocket to the moon. A lot of goddamn rocket fuel goes into that launch, right? About 80% of that fuel's in that launch. So, to my young friends, 20, 21, and 19, 30, 25, 28, uh, this is your time. Don't screw it up. Come early, stay late. And it's a, it's a seven-day deal, not a five-day deal. Uh, and if, you, if you're willing, and I mean really willing, you're going be you, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have an exciting and dynamic life, both personally and professionally. Maybe a bit tired, but that's okay. You'll be fine. Kelly Carlin. Take yourself seriously. Take your work seriously and write your own thoughts down. Take respect yourself enough. And of course, um, you know, the thing I wanted is I wanted people to learn that there was many sides to George and that 
when we idealize people and put them on a pedestal that we're only harming ourselves when we do that. We're all humans. We're all broken in some way. And that when we accept our brokenness and our woundedness and still are able to move into the world and do our work, that's what we're here to do. We're not here to hide our brokenness from each other. And so, you know, I think my dad would be, I think that's the truth I was able to tell and am able to tell in my life that my dad wasn't able to do. And if if your job as a child is to move the ball forward a little bit generation by generation, I think that's what I did for the Carlins was I moved I moved the definition of truth to include a, a wider definition and a broader definition. And yet I'm still here to be a Carlin and to speak the truth. Scott Halleck. If you had your health and money was no object, what would you do? And if show business, if writing, if directing, if producing, if being a camera person, if being a photographer, if that's the thing that drives you, that you love, that's your passion, that gets you to jump out of bed in the morning, then do it. And early on, the nice thing about the world today is the barrier to entry is almost non-existent. If you've got an idea the technologies out there for you to shoot and edit something that looks probably amazing. And you know what, if it's a great script, it doesn't have to look totally amazing. Just the fact that you go and do it is the important thing. That's the important part of the exercise. So go and do whether it's joining, you know, groundlings or the Acme comedy theater or UCB, something like that. Just get on your feet and, and do something. Even if you're not getting paid for it, especially if you're not getting paid for it. Just keep doing it and keep creating. And the people that you meet in those classes are the connections, and that's another thing you talk about. Those are the connections that are gonna feed your career later. You know, you look at a lot of people who work together that, together these days, like the Cohen brothers or, or, you know, Lorne Michaels and the Saturday Night Live group and Adam Sandler. Like he's always hiring people that he's worked with before that he's comfortable with. In some cases, childhood friends, just people that they've known because they have a comfort and they know that that person then can deliver. They're not, by the way, they're not going to just hire their friends if they suck. You have to bring something to the table. So, you know, make sure, again, your word, undeniable. Make sure you're undeniable when you are working on these projects and you will, you will not be denied. Um, and just keep doing it no matter what. And don't be afraid to take a job, whatever the job is, to keep the dream going. I was a writer for Fred Rogan, for the Mouse Club, and... I got into the writer's guild. I got an agent. I figured I got this figured out. I'm good. And obviously my agent is looking for work for me. So I got this covered. This is fine. And then a year goes by <laughs> of not working. You're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta pay the rent. <laughs> I gotta do something. And I ended up taking a job as an assistant writer, assistant to the writers, to the executive producers on diagnosis, murder, the Dick Van Dyke show. And it was a great experience because even being a writer's assistant, you're especially on comedy shows, you're exposed to the room, you're exposed to the process. It's great training if you want to be a writer to be a writer's assistant. Um, but be undeniable, be good. If you're supposed to be taking notes and if they throw out a joke and you don't have the joke written down, you're not making yourself a value to that 
executive producer into that process. So make sure if you're a PA on a show, be the best damn PA they've ever had. On Scare Tactics, in season two, people who were PAs were segment producers. People who were segment producers the year before or writers were directors on season two. So we promoted from within. If you come in and you kick ass at no matter what the job is, you're going to get noticed and you're going to move up. So always be kicking ass. Adam Trent. I guess you, you got to stay naive and just be willing to, to take a swing at stuff. You know, like my, my roommate uh, many years ago, David, the magician, uh, he always talked about the stuff that he learned from, from like, from, from just watching me do stuff where he's like, you can't just do that. And I'm like, well, I, I know I just did it. Like you can't just make a sizzle on your camera and edit it together and go in and show it to networks. Like you can't just rent out a middle school theater and do a show. You can't just like film a dance recital with you doing a magic trick and call it a production show and sell it to a cruise. Like you can't just you know, like, but you can. You can do these things and it, is, and it was me being naive of like of just being like well I need I need a show that looks big so I need dancers and I need a theater or I need a sizzle so I, it looks like I travel the country so let's shoot shoot in the back alley and let's write New Mexico on the bottom with some text uh, with a little Chiron you know uh, it's stuff like that that like my whole career I've been very naive and foolish to just like just do something and kind of break the rules with it. And it was the same thing that like, it's the reason that like Simon and I clicked from the illusionist was that he was a similar way of like, like you can't just be a fiddle player who then makes a magic show and you know nothing about magic. Like you can't produce the world's biggest magic show if you're not, you don't have a background in magic. Well, of course you can, you know, you just do it. And um, that was kind of the thing that I guess that's been like my, my recipe to success is that I, I just kind of do things and, um, and uh, not to say that they're that most of them don't fail because they do, of course. But there's like once in a while that like you get a phone call for something and you happen to have that piece of tape from that one experimental thing you did two years ago that you dust off and you mail it over the same day. And, and that's what gets you on Ellen or whatever, you know. Um, so I guess just to stay naive and stay foolish and take a swing at things and from perform performing standpoint, like get it up on stage as quick as possible and perform in the worst situations possible. Uh, perform in the cafeterias and the and the birthday parties and all these things and do street performing go out and perform in Santa Monica Pier on a folding chair uh, because you'll learn all these things that you would have never learned before and it'll, and it'll make you bulletproof it'll, and you got to be bulletproof right and then you got to be extremely optimistic and then find someone like Barry who who encourages you and believes in you more than you believe in yourself and um you know, I think that's actually a big thing. You know, I think like, like when I, like, like, like the thing that you did when I worked with you was that you, you changed the way I think about things. You change, you shaped the way that I think about entertainment. And, you know, like it was your stories about, you know, the guys on SNL where, you know, like, look, there's lots of guys in SNL, only a couple become movie stars. You know, why, why is Will Ferrell a movie star and someone else isn't, you know, um, it was hearing these stories of, of, you know, how people get to get to the next level and how people turn no's into yeses and I'm, I'm stealing all your lines. Uh, but it was all those things that, that, you know, really did have a huge impact on me and they really do inspire you to when you're sitting around on the Sunday afternoon and you're like, you know what, I'm going to edit this thing right now. I'm going to make it, I'm going to, I'm going to do this right now. And, um, finding that encouragement, whether it be through a manager or a podcast or a family or friends or whatever it is, just 
stay hungry, stay tenacious, and stay foolish. Dane Cook. More than any other piece of self-help advice that I've ever gotten over the years that I do every day, first and foremost, because you're you're green and you're new and you're going to have to get, you know, go through a whole bunch of different types of failure to get anywhere near the voice that will then end up being the character will then end up being end up being your career before any of that you got to wake up every morning and before that side of our artist brain that wants to be a doubting thomas or naysayer or negative as you're opening your eyes you got to be good to yourself you got to say nice things to yourself. I've done it for a lot of years. Positive affirmations. You also have to look at yourself. Literally go in the bathroom and look at yourself. Not just look at your shape. Look at yourself in the eyes. Get close. And tell yourself, I'm capable. I can move people. I can create. I And tell yourself, I need help. I need collaboration with people that have the skills that I don't. Before you do anything in motion, set anything in motion, it's got to start off on a note that's realistic. Now, you might say it's positivity. No, no. It's being realistic. Not everything you say to yourself is going to be good. And I've had days where I've looked at myself and said, you suck. You are off your fucking game. You are not getting it done. But I won't let that conversation end without being good to myself and remembering my character and my integrity and what I do bring to the table for a person that wants to sit like we are sitting and actually get to know me and let me get to know them. So that's quite simply like fundamental stuff. What I would say in terms of your artistry in creating and having a potent uh, future in the industry is start telling stories from a vantage point that you yourself have looked out upon. In other words, if you grew up in an alcoholic family, write a story about alcoholism. And maybe it was your dad like it was mine, but write, maybe write it about the mom or write it about the brother or the sister and start trying to write down and tell stories and create environments that you can put your truth into, that you can put your uh, reasoning into, that you can put your actual reaction and self into. Um, great writers, the Francis Ford Coppola's and the Quentin Tarantino's and, you know, Spike Jones and these people, they write all the time. And part of writing all the time is also writing your feelings and journaling and doing the Gary Shandling of it all or doing what I did with Mr. Jerry Lewis. Things come to fruition once they exist. Don't just keep it all in your head. Say the words out loud to yourself in that mirror. And then when you're looking for the person that you want to create the next tier of your career with, verbalize that too. It's all about verbalizing. So many artists and especially comedians, we tend to isolate and sometimes we cut ourselves off. And it's not till years later when you actually find that you have kinship and camaraderie with other people that you start getting to like the nuts and bolts of who you are because people will call you on shit or people will receive your advice or your compliment 
But you don't get any of that if you're not communicative. So in life for yourself, also, don't be dishonest with yourself. Don't be, you know, we're all going to fuck up and everybody's going to do things that are, um, are not of high value. Let's just say the, the real gutsy move there is to be able to admit to yourself, you know what? That's, that's, uh, deplorable what I did, or that's, uh, unfair or that is, uh, wasting their time and mine. The journey inward to who you really are is longer and more arduous than the journey of Hollywood and whatever you're thinking you're chasing. No, that's not the journey. Robert De Niro, I'll leave, I'll leave it with this. You know, he came out of Stella Adler. He wasn't getting hired for anything. He couldn't, he couldn't get a job in New York City. He went to Europe. He backpacked. This is in a Rolling Stone article years ago. He backpacked. He just saw it. And he became who he was. And he started to really feel the feelings of rejection and pain and loss and, and confusion. And when he came back to New York, like Chappelle, it was in his eyes. And he was undeniable. Be undeniable to yourself by not allowing yourself to bullshit yourself. If you're fucking good at something, tell yourself. If you're fucking great at something, tell yourself. If you're shitty at something, tell yourself. If you think that you're uh, uh, not good in marriage because you're you've you've got a wandering eye, tell yourself I'm a hunk of shit. I got to fucking change that if I want true love in my life. It's all about the due process of how you collaborate with yourself. And like Larry Moss, the whole, and once you discover it, and once you know exactly how that whole actually isn't a whole at all, it's the content of your character. When all that meets, I hope it for you, it happens at a time when the universe aligns and is allowing your career to start to blossom because it doesn't always happen in conjunction. Usually it's, it's things are magnified. And then years later, you're, you're, you're learning within this industry as I did young naivete and great people around me, but still having to figure out on my own, what does it mean to be a contributing member of my society with my skill set? Be honest with yourself. Love yourself. Embrace who you are. Tell your stories. And don't try to be something else for somebody else. Be you. Literally, Y-O-U. Wow, Dane Cook. Let me tell you something. Doesn't get any better than that. You just heard from a guy who changed the face of social media in our world for entertainers and the reason why every single comedian is on social media. You can trace back to one man, Dane Cook, who started it all. And I was honored to be there right with him when we did it. So I hope you enjoyed this first episode, part one of the best of 2019. And I look forward to you coming back again on Thursday for part two. Again, hope you had a great new year, and I wish your 2020 
is the best you've ever had. I just wanted to let you know if you ever want to get a gift for somebody special, you can do so at our merch store at berrycats.com. We have a ton of shirts in many different colors with a plethora of the most impactful quotes from the podcast that have resonated with you throughout the years. I know you're going to like them a lot. They're really, really special and of the highest, highest quality. And it's a special gift from me to you. For any item you choose, you can take an extra $5 off by just typing in the promo code Barry. So just go to BarryCats.com, to the store, check it out. I know you won't be disappointed and have a great, great holiday season. As you know, I was fortunate enough to do a documentary surrounding the only living person to ever admit to killing JFK from the grassy knoll. This is a guy who spent 50 years in prison, just got out, and we have exclusive footage of his interview and over 20 different interviews, along with interviews with five of the greatest JFK assassination experts in the world. Once you watch these videos, your perception of the world and what happened that day will change forever. It's incredible. Just go to ikilljfk.com. You can pick up the documentary I Killed JFK and the rare interviews of five of the greatest JFK assassination experts in the world. I guarantee you, once you watch this footage, you will be blown away. To quote one of the experts in the film, when Trump said he wanted to drain the swamp, what do you think's at the bottom of the swamp? ikilljfk.com. Check it out. And that wraps up part one of two episodes. You can check out the next episode this coming Thursday. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get out the money. Drop that fancy car. All the people love you. Cause you're going far. Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain It's never quite over Till it all feels the same You pick your own poison Dig your own grave Down in the valley Fortune Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to BarryKatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support, and have a great day.